the transportation demand in India is growing at an exponential rate. As conventional diesel and petrol vehicles continue to be polluting, unhealthy and expensive, meeting this demand in a sustainable manner is critical for our environment. Therefore, the automobile industry in India is starting to see somewhat of a technological disruption. Electric vehicles are becoming more and more popular due to their inherent efficiency and their benefits to the environment. The most powerful way to expedite this transition towards electric vehicles is to build innovative products at scale while making sure they are easily accessible and can meet this growing demand. Aether Energy is one such company that is driving this transition in India by reimagining green, sustainable mobility starting with the two-wheeler market. In today's episode, we have with us Mr. Tarun Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Aether Energy. Hailing from Jodhpur, Rajasthan, Mr. Mehta grew up in Ahmedabad and graduated from IIT Madras in 2012, where he worked on product development and developed over a dozen prototypes. His core interest being electric vehicles led him to quit his job at Ashok Leyland in 2012 and build Aether Energy. Since then, he has served on the Technical Advisory Group for Electric Mobility to the Government of India and led the Electric Vehicle Group in the Champions of Change program organized by Niti Aayog. Tarun and Aether's other co-founder, Swapnil Jain, were also listed on the Forbes 30 Under 30 in 2018 and Fortune 40 Under 40 list in 2017 and 2019 for the innovative product that is disrupting the Indian auto industry. Hello, welcome to the Shonia podcast. I'm your host, Samhita Shiledar from RMI. Today joining me is Tarun Mehta from Aether Energy. Welcome, Tarun. It's so wonderful to have you here today. Hey, glad to be here. So going back to the beginning of your life, how was growing up in Ahmedabad like? And how would you say your childhood has shaped you into who you are today? Ahmedabad was an amazing city. Best parts about my childhood that I remember is we were in one of those state schools where we didn't have to waste a lot of time going to the school. So it uh, left a lot of time open generally in life. I, just, I remember my school was morning 7 to 12. So it was amazing. I think it gave me a lot of time in life. And I'm very grateful to the city and the schooling system for that. More relevant, Ahmedabad is a scooters market. And uh, I didn't realize until until we actually began Aether that how much of an impact it had. Everybody rode scooters. Like Children rode scooters before it was legally permissible to ride them. So like in a family of... Four, we had three scooters between us. And this was incredibly on point for most middle class families in, in the city. So, so it played a role when, when we wanted to start Aether. Building electric scooters came pretty naturally. It uh, didn't have to put a complex hat off of, of the customer, step into the shoes of the customer. I was the default customer, had been waiting to build something like this without knowing for many years. And after your time in Ahmedabad, you graduated from IIT Madras in 2012 and then started working full-time in the auto industry and left in less than one year. At what point did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur or that was something that you had decided long back when in your childhood, in your free time after noon of the school? No, no contrary, to, contrary to many others, we, we weren't really sure that we wanted to be entrepreneurs and definitely didn't think of that in in, in school. What happened is during college years, 
Swapnil and I had started calling ourselves the, the two of us as Ether Energy, and we just wanted to build something in the EV space. Uh, sorry, build something in the energy space. Uh, we just felt that this is the mother industry, and any impact here has like a like like a massive downstream impact. So we want to contribute towards this. So the space of working in energy was kind of set during college years. This is way back in 2009, literally second year of college. We are calling ourselves Ether Energy. But the problem statement was not certain. Like, how do we have an impact in the energy space was unclear to us. We worked on a whole bunch of stuff, largely clean combustion engines, sterling engines, but we couldn't productionize them while still in college. So worked after college for six months. I worked in Ashok Leland, so I was in General Motors. The trigger to start up was my company had a six-month probation. And after six months, my manager came to me, congratulated me, said my probation is over and please sign this document and now you'll be a full-time employee in this company. And I felt pretty bad. I was like, listen, there is no chance that I want to do this for the rest of my life. Uh, so I think I'll be not honest if I sign a document that says I want to be a full-time employee. I don't think I want to be. So that kind of gave me clarity that, you know what, if you don't want to work here long-term, let's not waste both sides' time. This is a good market to jump out now. So the day the probation letter was in my hands, a few hours later, I literally mm -hmm. left halfway from the office and ran back towards campus. And we met our professor who, who offered to help us if we wanted to, if we wanted to do real engineering and not become MBAs. Mm -hmm. And so we began. Actually, though, to be honest, even at that point, we weren't really certain we are starting up or we'll be entrepreneurs. Like we just wanted to build in the energy space, right? So this has been a fairly fundamental need of ours. Like, like starting, becoming entrepreneurs has been a outcome. Like it, it was not the plan. The plan was to build something in the energy space. We just said that, you know what? We can build batteries. Batteries are super relevant in electrification. And that's an energy company right there. And there was a reasonable part of us still thinking that, well, we can't actually start a company and become an automotive supplier, let alone a vehicle company. So we'll figure this technology out, become good at it. And maybe we can join a larger company where we can actually build this, right? So that was a reasonable mm -hmm. hope at the starting, starting few months until we kind of figured out that, you know what, we can, we can just build this company on our own. And that's how we became entrepreneurs. So you mentioned that in the second year, you and your co-founder Swapnil, you both started calling yourself Aether Energy. Yep. Could you just maybe share something on like why it's why that particular name and how did you both meet as well? And like, did you see a lot of synergies in terms of where you both wanted to go? How did all of that come together? You know, second year students don't understand synergy. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> exactly. so, so there were no synergies being figured out. We were in the same hostel. We were in the same department. Okay. So obviously we knew each other from day one of college. Swapnil mm -hmm. was as big a nerd as it gets out there in college. I was super desperate to have an impact in some way. So second year, I think first year summer break or second year summer break, I'm blanking out now. But uh, he had this idea of working on clean combustion engines. He, he was thinking of calling that project Aether, Aether Energy, which, which is a Greek word. It stands for the purest form of air. So Aether Energy was meant to be the purest form of energy. That's when I bumped into him on this specific topic. And I was just back from a week at Stanford where I, where my mind was blown by the fact that 
second year college students for starting up left right and center and it changed my perception mm-hmm. of what entrepreneurship is and i was like you know what we are second year students i'm sure we can also do this let's let's build ourselves right instead of uh, not instead right. of just going full academic for the next 2 3 years let's actually try and build ourselves that's how things began he had the basic idea of building the engine and uh, and a name on paper i just joined him and we then spent the next 3 years spending most of our weekends attempting to build this thing that we had no idea how to take to market got it so it looks like there were lots of moments you know like starting from like your school days and then going to stanford for a week and seeing the overall like startup ecosystem in the bay area yeah. to you know like receiving that offer letter or full time end of probation letter yeah. from ashok lelin on top of these different moments were there any people that had influence on your life like do you have any mentors or role models i think somebody who's had a lot of impact on us after we started up has been sachin sachin bansal at different points he's kind of been a role model for us in the very early years like literally the first year when we were attempting to fundraise it was super hard because we're trying to build an automotive company with no money no background no experience mm-hmm. startups were still best case scenario in the internet space there were no real hardware startups out there and nobody with any real funding and to build an automotive company was a, frankly a very large ambition for the indian space back in 2014 yeah. so meeting sachin turned out to be a pretty pivotal pivotal moment for us at that point because he was the first entrepreneur who we met who actually believed in what we said in what we were trying to do mm-hmm. and he liked how we were trying to do it right he didn't want us to change see until that point most folks that had that we had met wanted us to change something right they wanted us to change the change the script change the vision change our approach change something right sachin was the first entrepreneur who really wanted us to believe in what we will believe then keep believing that and and re- really remain confident later on a few months later he was the first real money in the company and he, before that there was one angel but sachin and binis money was the first real investment in the company that kind of jump started the company practically later on over the years he's kept supporting us though he was not building a consumer product per se at flipkart his understanding of the consumer his understanding of money was just spectacular and that did, i i think it's impacted us later on when ethers business started becoming substantial right it was mm-hmm. him more than others though there were many others who guided us but i think it was sachin's relentless focus along with us to look at building a sustainable business that really changed ethers direction i i would say till about 2020 we we were doing a lot of stuff we were not very efficient and we were more than happy to just build a product and look at that this beautiful thing and just be very happy in the office but turning that into a scalable operations and and eking out actual profitability is something that was not in the top 10 things to do for us at any point Sachin really changed that for us. Yeah. So I would say he's been one large influence for us over the years. What was your vision with respect to Ether when you started building the company? Were there like any aspects with respect to say vehicle design or performance that you specifically wanted to is? We wanted two things. We wanted to build the best product company in the country. We mm-hmm. realized that we don't have great product companies in India 
like literally if you want to sort of support a product team a product company there's none to even champion and we felt that that's an amazing white space it's it's just empty we should build that i i, I think it creates an amount, enormous amount of pride and i i think it's a it's a great business opportunity because if you build a great product and you build a great team in an, in an organization people want you to succeed people want you to win and that support yeah. is super powerful so one was the product the second was engineering we are very strong believers that the company with the better engineering will win in the ev space because better engineering is not better technology better engineering is the right technology built efficiently mm-hmm. the better engineering the, the team with the better engineering and the better platform and ip will have the better cost structure they will have better quality they will have hence a better product experience right ev is just a new thing there is no stable ev architecture with most companies and the company that 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 will invest the most in in its own in-house engineering will have the best shot at winning this space so in a sense our vision was that like like there was a starting vision of building the best engineering organization and the best product organization in indian auto i think we put our money where our mouth is we we poured in every last cent there've been so many so many times when ethers down to the last few weeks of cash in the bank and we have put in we have taken every every last rupee in the account and put it towards product development we no. have gone and we've gone all in several times on this it's only because that has been a part of what our starting vision for the company has been that that completely makes sense and why electric mobility because you spoke about energy first then you mentioned cleaner ice engine vehicles cleaner internal combustion engine vehicles mm. so when did you decide that you wanted to you know venture into electric mobility and specifically two wheelers it's not one moment that i can describe that was obvious or why more than when it's more like a why yeah. so why, why this particular sector so yeah the reason we got excited about energy in the first place is because of the impact it has we strongly believe both of us very strongly believe that um if you can have if, if you can increase energy access if you can increase energy mm-hmm. production if you can lower the cost of energy uh, you impact all industries so we wanted to be in that space generally now energy production was out of question because frankly with renewables the country and all of us like like world is doing pretty well cost structures are coming down there's increasingly higher and higher amount of access to energy production everywhere we kind of realized that the problem statements are somewhere between distribution storage and and application evs kind of jumped out because transportation is one of the largest energy use cases that exist out there and everything else right. industrial commercial agriculture production uh, manufacturing everything operates at high efficiencies because it's largely running on an electrical powertrain 60 70 80 percent efficiency transportation was the only space by far that was so so inefficient the majority mm-hmm. transportation runs at about 20 25 percent efficiency because internal combustion engines nothing else runs on internal combustion engines like this think about it everything yeah. runs on electrical energy and that's reasonably efficient transportation was one of the largest energy use cases and the most inefficient globally so uh, within like we knew like this is obvious that this has to go electric because that that is such a huge huge low hanging fruit the opportunity that we saw was that hey listen 
we could actually help this go electric faster. Uh, in India, nobody is trying mm-hmm. to build great products. Everybody is building these really crappy electric vehicles. We can build better electric vehicles. We can shape the industry. This is an amazing opportunity. 200 million two-wheelers on the road. All of them need to go electric. We can, we can pretty much be the pioneer here. That's a very rare opportunity to go after a sector yeah. that large, be the pioneer and, and have volumes to support it. Yeah, especially back in 2012 when you started off in this particular field. Yeah, 2013. And, but 2013, 2014 2013, also. But yeah. even back then, obviously, electric was not hot by a law, by a large margin. Though Tesla was finding success in, with early success with Model S in US, India was like continents apart, right? So in that sense, yes, yeah. the bet seemed early. I'm glad we began when we began because we could build this all out and get it to a good quality without rushing through. And Aether is currently building vehicles and also charging infrastructure associated with it yeah. from scratch. Yeah. So what is the ideology behind this whole system approach and how is it benefiting the customers? We think India has been always, India has been never a demand constrained market. India always has been a supply constrained market. We, we think most of us would want to pay, would, would be happy to pay more for a better experience, right? Uh, I, we mm-hmm. think Indian consumers don't pay more for brand. I think that's very difficult, right? If you just put a fancy sticker on yeah. something and ask people to pay 2x, I don't think people pay for that. But if you offer them more yeah. features, if you offer them more value, if the experience is better, like think of why the original Honda Activa won, right? Honda Activa is one of, yeah. is possibly the most successful two-wheeler to have been introduced in India. Honda Activa won because its driving experience with the continuously, with the automatic transmission was like, leaks ahead of what everybody else was able to build before them, right? So that superior product experience, like it's not like Activa had better mileage. It's not like Activa was cheaper. Activa was a solid 25% more expensive than comparable to wheelers. Uh, its mileage was far worse than most petrol bikes back then. So why buy? And its wheels were smaller. So technically it was not as comfortable mm-hmm. as bikes. It won because it was able to still offer you a better ride experience in city roads. And that has been our big bet on the India market that if you build a better experience for customers, Indian customers are hungry for it. So, which is why we like an ecosystem strategy. While we obviously want to build great products, we think great products are not just the hardware in isolation. You have to look at the complete ownership experience, right? Uh, how you buy the vehicle, how you charge the vehicle, what kind of software experience you have on it, how you get it serviced, how you resell the vehicle, how you upgrade all of it needs to be stitched together into a very, very consistent and coherent experience. And that experience, if it is magical, people will pay for it. In fact, people would be finally so happy that a company, an Indian company is able to build it. So, so which is why we care about the entire, entire ownership experience, not just the vehicle, but vehicle and charging and software and software upgrades and servicing everything. Completely makes sense. I think at the end of the day, it's all about customers, right? In general, what role do you think consumer awareness plays in terms of EV adoption? I've seen your uh, social media promotions and different so- social media, you know, advertisements and everything, which are, uh, they're fun, you know, more than I think they're really fun and they attract consumers so much and easily explains what are the benefits of electric vehicles. So you already spoke about, you know, the whole consumer experience, but what role do you think consumer awareness plays in terms of adoption of this new technology? I think one of the biggest things that changed over the last 18 months is that consumers don't have to be sold 
that electric is good for them, that electric is exciting for them. While subsidies have been helpful, no doubt about it, uh, the overall conversation around electric uh, has been so powerful that most customers now walking into a showroom are expecting to be wowed by electric vehicles, right? They're expecting this to be this fancy new thing, which is going to be like technologically the most advanced and most powerful. In a sense, the market already wants to see what companies are building, right? Uh, companies don't have to sell what they're building. Companies are almost responding to that that aspiration, that ask from the customers. I don't think we could have gotten here without the kind of customer awareness that the policy the government and overall media has kind of driven for, for for the country as a whole. The amount of chatter around electric from all corners has has been enormously helpful. If you don't have it, there is no amount of marketing money that you can throw in that, that can recreate it to its full extent. It's impossible. Without the kind of chatter around electric that we've seen over the last 18 months, companies like ourselves would have been would, would have been spending like we have been burning ridiculous amounts of cash in advertisements left, right and center to educate customers that the time of electric is here. You touched a little bit on different policies. So I want to ask you a question on that. India has several policies and initiatives, both at national and state level that are aiming to support the transition towards electric vehicles. Hmm. Policies like FAME2, PLI scheme and state EV policies are designed to incentivize both the suppliers and consumers so that the costs are reducing. Right. For Aether, what have been the most transformative initiatives or policies or also like any other initiative from private sector or banks? So Aether today, unfortunately, is still not qualifying for the PLI scheme. And that's a gap that does need to be addressed, urgently addressed. A pioneer like Aether with the highest amount of R&D investment in the country for electric vehicles needs to be there. But nevertheless, a couple of policy measures that have incredibly helped have been the current subsidy scheme. It's helped mm-hmm. lower prices and make electric vehicle manufacturing viable for OEMs. Without that subsidy, I think the EV takeoff would have been far slower. There would have been a takeoff, but far, far slower. I think the current subsidy regime has at least pulled back timelines by three years on electrification. It's also made the business far more viable and hence investable for for local players. I think the second big thing that I'm excited about is uh, local manufacturing of cells. India's Mm -hmm. lithium-ion cell requirements are skyrocketing and they'll be huge, which to the extent that imports can't really handle that scale. So the overall advanced battery manufacturing PLI and, and other incentives the government is planning to move cell manufacturing to India are, I think, very positive. The impact is not visible now, but it will be visible in the next three to four years. Third thing that policy could play a very big role is access to charging points Mm -hmm. and more contextual to India. We don't need public fast chargers in massive quantities like US. We don't drive cars. We don't drive 40 miles to office and 50 miles to the nearest Walmart, right? Indians drive 28 kilometers average every day. So there is enough range in our vehicles. The key thing, however, is that people need to be able to charge in their homes. What they need is okay. just simple three-pin plugs, just simple 15-amp sockets, 5-amp sockets in all parking lots connected back to their home meters. It's a simple, small infrastructure. It's very cheap. This is something policy could drive over the next few years. We see some positive steps, and hence I'm very hopeful towards this.
sense, especially for two wheelers, which have lower battery sizes, definitely the solution makes no sense. In terms of the consumer awareness, what role do you think initiatives like Shonya can play? in terms of you know increasing the consumer awareness and I, I i think driving more awareness around electric in tier 2 and tier 3 towns while electric is seen as an upgrade it's still somewhat of a tier 1 phenomena driving comfort in tier 2 tier 3 markets that electric is real and electric is mainstream and people should seriously consider this like this is something that the government believes in this is something that policy believes in and this is something that industry indian industry is really doing great on i think that awareness campaign like shunya could drive just an understanding of the amount of positive impact it has on the environment and on our economy because i think now we are in a place where a lot of consumers do care about what is correct for the country this thing is yeah. in the interest of the country and and hence policy is driving it so whether it is the environmental impact whether it is in replacing forex uh, imports for fuel i think driving those awareness for alternate energy vehicles like electric i think would be a big support what is ather's long term vision and what is next for ather now long term is long so i'll skip that what we would like to do is we we care about the impact we have we want to be pioneers we want to be the folks who are leading electrification ether 450 when it was introduced in 2018 i believe has become the the an iconic vehicle because it kick started good evs in the country uh, in the two wheeler space specifically there is a very clear pre ether 450 and post ether 450 time so i i think ether has had an impact there by changing perceptions and pretty much pushing the entire industry now we want to drive large numbers there's an opportunity to to convert almost 20 million to to wheelers to electric every year over this decade and ether should take a lead in this so that's our most short to mid term goal long term we are going to measure success by kilowatt hours powered by ether so it's a, it's a much larger ambition oh, thank you so much for touching on that We are going to close with our rapid charge round, which is my favorite part of the podcast. Quick questions, quick answers. If you want to elaborate on some, please feel free to do so. Though to start with, what was your favorite subject at school or college? Maths. We have heard you love board games. What is your favorite one nowadays? Ticket to Ride in Istanbul. What is one achievement that you are extremely proud of? Helping Ether become gross margin profitable. it was darn hard as pretty confident will fail so i'm pretty pretty proud of it especially when you mentioned you have you know gone all the way to the bottom several times oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> what is the best part about being an entrepreneur just the amount of sheer learning you get it's this this is an amazing university it it pays you to be here like this is crazy what is the worst part of about being an entrepreneur context switching and the emotional ups and downs several times a day could you elaborate on context switching a little bit yeah as an entrepreneur you very unlikely that you will be in a functional role only you would have to look at different aspects so let's say i'm i'm in this in this call with you right now we're reminiscing about our starting days and you know we are talking about vision of the company uh, the follow up meeting would be about this massive disaster that's happening on supply chain with you know some vendor going offline and you know he needs to be convinced to keep production up the next call after that might be a fundraising call where you'll be selling about how will be a massive success the next meeting after that would be about how do you continue running sales and then all the challenges there the next call would be about engineering so you're sort of switching context too many times 
like seven eight like practically every other meeting is a complete context switch you don't have the luxury of saying listen today i only want to think about long term or today i only want to uh-huh. talk about operations you don't have that comfort if you could go back to the first day at ethel energy what advice would you give to yourself stay focused it's very easy uh, we've been guilty of that of getting distracted and running after too many new shiny things but staying focused on a few things and and letting compounding success in 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 one space play out requires patience but it's it's is possibly the most strongest superpowers out there uh, apart from your current role and responsibilities name any one action you take towards combating climate change more on a personal level yeah i don't buy a lot of clothes we know there have been a lot of successes in your professional career but have there been any failures i think i actually linked i i i think there was a point where uh, i got carried away by what we could do and i wasn't patient enough and i pushed the company in a direction that almost killed it so lots of failures there in in that episode from something as obvious and large as getting distracted to not having fiscal prudence to sort of uh, drinking your own Kool-Aid to to not caring about the boring operations details uh, lots of like every possible failure happened in that phase yeah what is the top quality you consider while putting a team together excitement about building like the zero to one journey has to be something that you really really crave what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs starting out in the e-mobility field talk to customers i i, I think e-mobility I, i think evs is rapidly becoming one of those things where too much consulting is driving too much too much pitching actual consumers are i i i don't think enough companies are talking to to consumers directly and not enough uh, i think we will should talk to consumers more We know you have passion for building things. What is one thing that people are surprised to find out about you? Do you have any hidden talents? You know what? I have an answer. Or hobbies. Uh, <laughs> oh, hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. I'm pretty good in first-person shooters, shooter games, Modern Warfare, Counter-Strike, and Call of Duty. Some of my kills freaks are still pretty decent by even regular gamer standards. So, yeah, I love my computer That's games. That's amazing. Nice. What is the favorite place you have traveled to? Kashmir. What is your favorite productivity hack? Waking up early enough and clearing mails and getting them out of the way early enough in the day. How do you decompress? Do you decompress? Coffee shops. <laughs> I love my coffee and I love coffee shops in Bangalore. How does a day in life of Tarun Mehta look like now? So, family guy got a young girl So 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 nights are busy but otherwise wake up catch a quick breakfast be in the office by around 9 most days are meeting 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 till about 7 6:30 then i come back take a few calls go for a long enough walk and yeah then <laughs> it's 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 not exactly very exciting day i know sorry but it's it's it sounds really good And the last question is how can the listeners of the podcast contribute to Shunya Pollution Future for India by an electric vehicle sorry by the not the, not the smartest answer <laughs> thank you so much Tarun it was pleasure having you on the Shunya podcast and just love the conversation yeah my pleasure to be here thanks amita thank you for joining us on the Shunya podcast 
Join us again next week for another episode where we'll speak with one of India's sustainability leaders.